1: Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you are listening to the Use Case Podcast. Uh, today, we're actually going to be talking about a company called Humantic, and we're going to be talking to a marketing who um, I've known for a while. I actually advise him and uh, his company, and uh, and so it's kind of it's fun for us to actually talk because we talk uh, at other times about different things, but this is all about you know the the use case for Humantic. So why don't we do we start off with introductions? Um, Marpre, why don't you introduce yourself and uh, and also uh, tell the audience about uh, Humantic, what it does, why you created it, you know those types of things.
0: Absolutely, William. First of all, thank you. Thanks for having me on this podcast. I, I know this is slightly different than many conversations we've had, but uh, yes, about me, I'm the founder of Humantic AI. Um, what is Humantic AI? Um, I would say with a partner that um, talent teams, that people leaders they, they turn to when they think about building best-in-class teams, and I'll talk more about that. You know what what does that imply? In terms of what the product is all about, we focus very very squarely on the um, behavioral and soft skills. You know those side of uh, you know aspects of talent assessment, uh, those aspects of, you know, creating the right teams, uh, because um, again and again, I think uh, we've all come around to realizing the fact that that's where uh, generally we miss out when we are trying to put in place uh, the best kind of teams together. So that's a little bit about us uh, to start off, William.
1: I like that. I like that. So when people come to you, you know, they seek you out when they first come to humantic What's, what's the problem there? What's the, well, you know, it's going to be several, but what's the central problem they're trying to solve for?
0: So the central problem uh, that I I would say, generally these are people who come to us. These are people who realize that um, understanding people in a holistic manner is critical. Yeah. So there are people out there who don't really believe as much in, um, soft skills, let's just call them, or behavioral aspects, let's just call it. So th- there are those people. But generally, the people who reach out to us are people who believe this is uh, important, this is critical, who have seen success because they've done it at some level, but they've not been able to scale this um, beyond a very, very limited uh, you know level. So that's, that's generally where we start out. So their focus is Hey, look, uh, this is critical. Now we want to be doing this at scale. We want to be doing this across multiple steps of our um, uh, team building, our talent acquisition. Uh, You know, it doesn't just have to be hiring and recruitment. There are the pieces to it. But that's generally the starting point uh, we've seen.
1: And um, are there other solutions that they've used and uh, for whatever reason, they're not working as well? Or is this something additive? Like, what are you seeing with the buyers uh, so far?
0: So there are a couple of things that we see, but generally, yes, uh, you're right. These people have used some other solutions. Typically, they've used, uh, let's call them the traditional kind of psychometric assessments, traditional kind of behavioral assessments. So now the Unique thing about us, you know, and uh, let me call it out, uh, it does catch a lot of people by surprise, is that we uh, are a completely predictive way of providing, you know, this assessment. So, and what that implies is when I say completely predictive, there is no test. Yes, so Humantic doesn't need a person to take a test. So, it's not, you don't need to take a gamified test, you don't need to take a, you know, questionnaire kind of test. None of that is there the more important thing is that implies that you start opening up doors to use cases that haven't been possible in the past when there's been a test required you know for a candidate to undertake
1: so explain that change for folks that have bought assessments uh, yeah. traditional assessments in the, in the past that kind of understand yeah. you know what an assessment is if you're not, if they're not taking a test then how do you get to the outcome? Okay, so let me, um,
0: so I think the two questions I see there are two points. So one is, if there is no test, how do we do it? Um, I'm not going to the details of the science and technology, but at a very high level, uh, we leverage a couple of areas where there's been a lot of academic research happening over years, in some cases over tens of years. Yeah, but it's never really gone mainstream, but there have been a bunch of constraints, uh, I, I would say. So one part of that is what we will call psycholinguistics. So which is the ability to understand someone's behavior and personality from their linguistic you know, usage patterns from how they write, for example. So that, uh, it catches a lot of people completely by surprise that research been around uh, William, since around 1992 or so. There's hundreds, hundreds of research papers on that. And uh, no, we, we are not, we don't see ourselves as a, a research company. I, I like to think of us as a applied research or a research productization company. Yeah, so we, uh, that's the kind of uh, research that we bring to the fore. Uh, where we could study something that people have written. Um, typically it's why research been around, it's been proven, but still not being mainstream, because typically it's required pretty high volumes of data. But now, um, and that brings me to the second part of you know what we rely on, when we start combining this linguistics, you know, based signaling ability with machine learning and AI, yeah, on the other side then the need for data starts going down drastically because not, not everyone has, you know, uh, mountains of data that typically otherwise a purely linguistic space approach will uh, require. So we combine these two things. So it's very fascinating, you know, because a lot of people say, hey, you guys are AI. And I, I say, yeah, you know, yes, this, this is AI. But uh, if someone really knows the space, then we talk about, hey, look, there is technology, you know, the machine learning and the AI side. But there's also a lot of science, you know, in terms of psychology, in terms of IO psychology, so that we combine, you know, to essentially bring out uh, this predictive assessment where we are looking at uh, data that's already available about people. We're looking at the resumes, right? You know, you're already looking at someone's resume and trying to understand them. How about AI making use of that to tell you a little bit more or, or, or a lot more? Uh, we make use of people's LinkedIn profile, for example. You are looking at someone's LinkedIn profile when you try to understand them, assess them. Well, let AI you know lend you a helping hand. So that's that's how we bring that existing data. We call it data recycling, because you're literally taking existing data, you're recycling it, and you're producing you know something really valuable that lends a helping hand to the hiring managers, to you know, the assessing. Uh, teams
1: out there. So, so give me a success story, or <clears throat> walk me and the audience through kind of an ex- a success story. Somebody that wasn't using Humantic, you know, <laughs> did the demo, found you, did the demo, said, "Okay, let's do it," and then they did it, and then they had success with a position or positions plural, etc. Walk us through that. Right.
0: Absolutely. So, sounds good. So, before I. Get into the example. Let me tell you a little bit, you know, more because we're talking about the use case here. So there are three parts, um, you know, to the Humantic use case, or three pieces to the Humantic value. So, uh, so three touch points typically. So one touch point that we have is with recruiters. Um, so where recruiters use Humantic to know the candidates better, they use it to personalize their outreach, for example. Yeah, so um, rather than I mean, we we all know I think we've all seen uh, many times we've been there on the receiving end of that. You know, those same standard you know emails coming from recruiters half the time not even relevant. You know, you're getting an email for something that you used to do 12 years ago, right? So, but now, so what some of our you know customers, some of our users do there is they. Um, Look up someone's Humantic profile. Humantic actually tells them that, oh, William's a person where you need to, uh, you know, who's going to find, um, you know, the a role is going to be appealing to William. Let us say if it is, for example, you know, very challenging, if it pushes his boundaries, you know, that's the kind of a person that William is. Amitri is going to be more about, you know, striking a balance or having a good team, you know, so. Those kind of things. So that is the first part. So we call that, you know, personalization. Essentially, ability to understand candidates, uh, ability to reach out to them in a really human manner, you know, if you will, rather than just doing the same old, you know, mechanical thing again and again. And typically, that ties into uh, conversions. Uh, you know, we have some examples I can talk about where some of our users see almost a. Uh, 50 to 100 percent, sometimes more than, than jump in conversion, how many people respond to them when they reach out. Second part is uh, is where the core of the platform is uh, where tech is used primarily from a talent assessment perspective. So whether that is for incoming new candidates or even it is for existing internal candidates who might be looking out for new roles internally. Yeah. So that's a uh, that's the second part. So you're trying to, and we, we talk a lot about, you know, making hiring a two-way street, uh, you know, I, I like to call it. So where we try to not just say, hey, company X, you can assess, you know, people, but we try to say, look, essentially hiring, you know, essentially placement is a matchmaking job, right? It's a two-way thing. It's as much as Companies want to hire the right people. It is equally important, maybe even more critical for people to find the right roles. So we try to enable that kind of a matching. We, we can talk more about that. And the third piece is where it actually goes into a post placement, a post hiring scenario. And, uh, I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. So where our customers use it from a talent analytics perspective, from a, uh, what is my company like? What is TeamX like? How does it differ from, or how, how is it similar uh, to the overall, let us say the behavior and the values that the company exhibits? So these are the three broad pieces, you know, starting with uh, candidate experience and outreach to core assessment, to talent analytics. So these, these are three pieces that we touched upon uh, William.
1: I love that, where uh, so far, where are recruiters or hiring managers? Where are they placing this in their workflow? Are they placing it further out, uh, as as again as an assessment, or are they placing it uh, a bit further in uh, uh, from a workflow perspective? And then the second part of that is, I'm assuming this is integrated with in within their ATSs, uh, so they can move things around. But 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 again, that's an assumption. So tell me tell me what's going on there. Right.
0: So I think what we've seen is it really depends uh, on who we end up interacting with. So, so you, you have an idea. So we have a lot of, we have a fairly high volume of, uh, I'll say, bottom-up, you know, inflow. So we, we're lucky to be, you know, um, quite popular, I would say, with the, with the thought leaders, uh, with the people, you know, who are going and speaking at events and conferences, so we get mentioned quite a bit saying, here's, here's an example. And not just that, I mean, we've, we've been on multiple fronts, you know, from uh, mainstream media, Wall Street Journal saying this is the future of uh, hiring or talent assessment to, a, you know, Harvard Business Review saying that or, a, um, you know, some of the Stanford professor types so or the IO psychologist type saying that So we've, we've had quite a bit. So a bunch of our users are individual recruiters. They typically uh, look at, uh, they typically use the first part which is the candidate outreach engagement part. But whenever we end up engaging with the senior leaders at uh, an organization, senior talent um, management talent acquisition leaders, then usually um, it is all the three parts that come into play because they, they have a more holistic focus in terms of how they want to uh, hire build and develop talent so those two things really make a difference what the starting point becomes and who uses more of which of the three modules that we offer
1: okay okay good and uh, on the integrations part uh, about atss did i <laughs> do i have do i understand that correct
0: yeah so we we have multiple uh, touch points. I mean, we have this, again, philosophies, and we, we see ourselves as a intelligence, you know, first product is, mm-hmm. is how I like to call that rather than, you know, a workflow product. We, we don't in simplify steps of the process, but we bring a layer of intelligence. So we have this theory that intelligence first product should essentially disappear behind the scenes. So essentially integrate into a lot of systems. So what we have is, so we have multiple touch points. Um, yes. ATS integrations, for example, is one part. We have a dashboard that a bunch of our users use, you know, which is a web application. We have a Chrome extension that works, you know, from a outreach perspective. We have an API, again, that is used by some of our customers to plug data into some of their own, you know, native in-house, you know, systems, etc. So it's a combination of these touch points typically that people use.
1: That's smart, especially. And you talked about it a little bit, uh, internal mobility might be managed by a different system than their ATS. So having the ability, you know, to be able to integrate with or work with that as well. Um, Right. Let me ask probably a question that a lot of uh, audience members will have is where does this work best? Okay, so you know the typical answer from an entrepreneur is it works everywhere, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and for everybody, every. So, uh, so let's not do that. Um, yeah, is there anything in the data that suggests industry or size of company yeah. or <laughs> types of positions, etc.? And again, things where we know we, you know, you might not know everything, but things that you automatically right. like, yeah, bank tellers, you know. Absolutely great at that, whatever. Um, yeah. So anything that you can see from the data so far?
0: Yeah, so <laughs> I think that, uh, that my answer is going to be, uh, you know, slightly non-standard. Um, I, I'm definitely not going to say it works everywhere, etc. cetera. I think, uh, you know, with time you learn some of those lessons. But all in all, we, we haven't really seen like one vertical or segment, you know, saying, oh, it works great in banking. It works great in um, <clears throat> retail. Airlines, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But what we have seen is that it works really well. Uh, as I said at the beginning, with customers who already have a level of education related to the value of behavioral personality assessments. Yeah, and that's an that's an important point because not everyone is at the same level of literacy when it comes to how you should be assessing people theoretically we all talk about, you know, anything and everything. So where we've seen it work very well is organizations that have used um, psychometric assessments. Almost always what we come across is that because one of those psychometric assessments are generally generally quite aggressive, I, I'll not get into, you know, any, uh, naming any names, but for example, um, our assessment, could be literally in the region of a dollar or even a few cents. So these are people who probably used it for just leadership hiring, right? And they've come to believe in the value of that saying, oh, this thing works really well. Uh, But because it costs hundreds of dollars, you know, for each assessment, there's just no way they could scale it up to even the middle management, forget, you know, the junior layers, et cetera. But when they see humantic, so then they say, oh, wow, I can actually, scale up this uh, part of assessment to a much, much larger pool of you know, how I build my teams. I don't have to limit it to my VPs and CXOs and SVPs, et cetera. So So that's the customer that we've seen, you know, someone who believes in that. Generally, they have uh, 10, you know, eyes and ears open for new technology. A lot of people like to evaluate technology, then they just want to hear who else is using it. Some people have the ability to pull those triggers. Funny thing is, uh, because Humantic is an assessment product, we can literally assess, you know, some of those people who are likely to be more open or slightly more, you know, uh, open to risk. Uh, you know, that's how many organizations might see, right, when they bring in new technology. So that, that, that is an important, important mm-hmm. thing. And it cuts across, uh, you know, vertical sometimes or many times.
1: I love that. You, you brought up pricing. So I do want to ask a question about that. Um, buying assessments, uh, if, you know, a lot of, a lot of different pricing models, some, some of it's per assessment, some of it's uh, you know, a flat fee, open uh, assessments, et cetera, or quantity can be gated at different levels, et cetera. What's uh, what's your philosophy around pricing?
0: So philosophy-wise, I would say uh, I've always believed in um, looking at what is the value we bring to the table at, at a very, very high philosophical level. Uh, but more more practically, uh, we tie it to number of assessments, yes. But like I said, at a very, very different scale than it's traditionally been. So part of the reason is also, let me just add, uh, it is also the technological approach, right? So if you are Someone who's built a psychometric assessment—it's been built out. The cost of administering that, um, you know, might be minuscule, right? So you might go and say, "Hey, you pay me thousand bucks, and you know, you can do as much as you like." In our case, this is data moving in and out. You know, a lot of things moving around. So it is tied to the number of assessments, but at a scale where you could be doing it for. Thousands, you know, or tens of thousands of people every year rather than doing it for tens or hundreds.
1: Okay, good. Uh, two questions last. One is the aha moments uh, during the demo. I, you know, I've obviously, I, I view uh, buying software as a very much a visual experience. Uh, so once people see something, um, then, either, then either there's that click and uh, yes, this will work or also uh, as important, you know, click, no, this is not for us. Um, right. So let's just work about the, posit- uh, the, the positive side of that. Uh, aha moments when you've shown people, Humantic, what have they said to you?
0: So William, I'm actually going to give you two answers for that. Okay, so the, the first answer generally is uh, because... This is very uh, exciting for people when you say, "Hey, I can predict anyone's personality, right?" So a lot of the times, people will say, "Can you do it for me?" And um, yeah, so that's the natural reaction, right? You're all all curious now. Now, which is, by the way, this this is not an interesting conversation to have because people, as you can imagine, you know, they, they have these, um, you know, conceptions about themselves, you know, which might not, might not be less just say right. <laughs> so, but we know, we know that, yeah, I mean, you know, it goes, right? So but we, we know that we are, you know, we were around our benchmarking shows around 85 plus percent accuracy. So we know that we'll be right here to nine times out of 10. So one to two times we lose the customer right there. Hey, this is not accurate. Uh, earlier I used to do this saying, Hey, look, look, scientifically, you should not look at one Assessment and judge the accuracy. You have to take a sample and you know do correlations. And I've given up on that, yeah, because I know that eight to nine times I'm gonna be hearing, "Holy crap! How did you guys really do this? You know, how is this even possible?" But I'll I'll tell you. So this is one part, yeah. So this this generally this is how it goes because it takes seconds. You know what what we do. You know, literally happens in 15 seconds. You have someone's assessment available, more like 10 seconds actually. So second part. Is you know before we even get to the product demo, I, I like telling people a small story. Yeah, so that story generally, generally does the trick. Uh, so I tell them about this company that um, has built two products. Uh, one of them has been um, you know rated as as one of the biggest AI led innovations in its space, and has been called that. By all the top experts in the space, pretty much all the top experts in the space, uh, mainstream media, publications, researchers. Yeah, so that's one. And uh, second product has been, you know, it's a separate product, but it's the same team, has been rated as, again, an AI enabled, you know, uh, people consumer intelligence leader by Forrester for a different segment. And I tell them, uh, I asked them, I said, how many people do you think did it take to build two globally recognized leaders, AI, te- you know, in AI led technology leaders? Do, do you want to take a guess?
1: <laughs> yes. Um, I'm going to say five.
0: OK, so five it is and the company is us. So that's. <laughs> That's that moment. <laughs> no you 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 know you you know some of these things, so it doesn't yeah. really work, but yeah, yeah, yes. So when how how do you build two two, not even one, globally recognized leaders in you know AI space, which is super competitive right now, you do it twice over, you literally do it with a team of five engineers. That's that you do only, only when you know how to put in place. And I, I sometimes say best in class teams, but honestly, if you push me a little bit, I don't like using the term. I, I like calling them the right teams. Not, not is every person is the best person for every team. You know, someone who's the best here might not be best there. That's how you put the teams together. And that's what we enable, you know, same thing that we've been able to do, you know, from a team perspective. That's the same thing that we enable for our customers, helping them build the right teams, the best possible teams, which deliver uh, these kind of, you know, results that otherwise you you can just imagine. So that that for many people is like, oh, I need to pay attention. This thing seems real because how, how the hell did this really happen? And, and we're showing them, you know, like we're not just talking. So we're showing them here's, you know, uh, this person saying this, here's, you know, Wall Street Journal, here's Harvard Business Review, here's this, here's all of that. So uh, we've seen, you know, that that catches people's attention.
1: Well, brother, this has been fantastic. I told you it'd fly by and it did. Um, Folks out there, please take a look at at, uh, Humantic whenever you get a chance. And uh, 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 just thank you for coming on and spending some time with me and the audience. And uh, thanks for the audience for listening to the Use Case podcast.
0: Well, thank you for having me. It's always, always a pleasure chatting with you. And yes, you know, time time really flew by. Uh, thank you, William. Thank you All for having me on this one.
1: All right, my friend. Bye bye. You've been listening to
0: Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and hit us up
1: at recruitingdaily.com.